Yeah, so uh, my internet was out for four days. Yeah. I, have you... Well, so what's happened? So do, are you the... Like, did you win? Did you eat the rest of the family? Or how did that, how did that go? <laughs> well, we don't have a dog anymore. I mean, you're, yeah, say I say, you're here. So my guess is you won. Uh, Elon, Elon bought Mastodon. Oh, All of it. Just every instance. <laughs> don't, don't even. Don't even with that. Yeah, no, uh, this, this was happening, um, periodically when it would get cold and it's, so the temperature <laughs> Thursday night, the temperature dips below like 29 degrees, 28 actually is below 28 at least. I know that cause it was anyway. And, uh, and the internet just goes out. I'm, I'm, I'm watching, <laughs> um, what's the shrinking and, uh, halfway through. I was sure just, you're going to say like your seventh Ted Lasso rewatch. But no, okay, shrinking. no, no. I was watching a new episode of something. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, the, the inter- first episode, presumably out. just never to watch then subsequent episodes. No, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm watching this show. I'm actually watching this show. Good. And yeah. And then, you know, they can't get somebody out until yesterday, Tuesday. So it's a long time. Um, but but fortunately, you know, usually what would happen is like it would then it would warm up and it would fix itself and you know the repair person would show up and be like, well, it's working now. <laughs> like, yeah, I knew that. Um, so fortunately, it did not fix itself, and they went outside the house and down the street and found that like water was getting into like some box. So they replaced the whole box and and moved it up. <laughs> so hopefully, water will not get in anymore. <laughs> I guess it was in a well. I don't know. <laughs> well, we're we're glad to have you back on the internet, John. Yeah, thanks. I speak it's for great. the internet when I say this. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't the it's same without you. I'm sure. Yeah. Decidedly less. So I have, a, I have a topic for you guys, a question. Oh. A technology <clears throat> Are question. Are you a Rebound Prime subscriber? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, and you guys already know some of this context, but for the listener, uh, I have a sister who lives in Israel. She has five kids, and uh, two of them were out together with one of them driving and uh they got into a pretty serious car accident everybody was fine in the yeah. end but it literally involved the car flipping over i saw that um landed upside down um and the way my sister was first notified was with uh ios's crash detection in the latest iphones which my niece had on her so my sister abby gets a text saying she was seemingly in a serious accident this is the location the end <laughs> and so oh, my sister uh i mean sadly my sister uh, uh, immediately thought you know something horrible has happened which it had i guess and so she tries calling each of them but because they're still working on getting out of the upside down car neither of them answers so my sister assumes they're both dead it turns oh, out God. they were both fine um my sister less <clears throat> at the time yeah yeah but she was making the point of shouldn't it open a connection like sh- shouldn't if if it's triggering those texts shouldn't it call me or or video me or something and she and i debated this for a while not you know really and when i say debated like neither of us was on one side or the other trying yeah. to figure out should it and like one concern i have is i don't want to run down the battery life in case you're in some remote place and i have to be able to find you yeah um another concern is I- i'm sure this was debated at apple right like when they were building sure. the future like you don't want to traumatize no. the person receiving right, that well, call because uh, it could be real bad yeah, i mean yeah. and and it doesn't tell you it doesn't know or doesn't tell you whether they're all alive or not so if it opened a connection and they weren't <laughs> right like then they won't answer so, you. well 
That's about the worst thing I can think of, right? It's like, oh, you're right. going about your day, and now here is your, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I can't even, sorry, I can't even talk about this. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, that, that seems awful. That seems awful. So I, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know the, what's to be well, gained the other thing, by that. And the other thing is you're tying up their connection. So if they're, if they're right. trying to, like, right. you know, yeah. they're trying to dial 911, and you're you you suddenly call and are like, well, I guess I'll answer this. <laughs> well, it's making it's making it harder, right? At the very least, it's yeah. like, well, I've got to hang up on you and call emergency services or whatever. Right. Which I mean, I I just don't I don't understand enough of what what is gained by that idea. Right. Well, it's question, the, it's, exactly. it's and it's really for the peace of mind of the person who is not involved right. in the accident, which, is which seems like secondary. Yeah, frankly, exactly. Right. I also wonder. And I, I get all the reasons why it doesn't do this. And I'm, again, I'm not arguing that it should do this, but like in theory, you know, like the way the uh, it could record the the most recent couple of seconds when it's triggering <laughs> these things, right? And I'm not saying like just send it for to you because like what? really part of, <clears throat> again, it's for your loved one has of, been in a horrible accident. Here's the last here's three a, seconds. Here's a clip. Ah! No, really, what I can imagine is so, okay. So we talked on the show before about the you know at various ski resorts how the police keep getting emergency warnings from Apple or from Apple devices saying that somebody's been in an accident when they haven't been there skiing. And the problem in that case is you're wearing all your ski gear, so you don't hear the watches saying to you, beep beep beep. I'm about to call the police unless you tell me that you're okay. In this case, they were okay. It said, I'm going to call the, I mean, but they were also in an upside down car. So like when it said, I'm going to call the police, you know, it, my niece was fine with that. The answer is correct. Yes. But, yes. That's still the right, right thing. But I'm thinking like, it could prompt you to be like, um, we've texted your emergency contacts. Do you want to record an audio message to them? Like, I'm just trying to think of a way yeah, to have right. some, basically the problem that my sister had was she didn't know that the care kids were alive. And I feel like that's also bad. I agree with everything that Dan is saying that like any of these other solutions of yeah. like a live question or an actual recording would be horrible. But like, is there a way to allow you to communicate in some way without going crazy? I don't, I don't know, know that there's a good, I mean, sorry, my immediate thought when you talk about the ski stuff was people realizing that their their skiing was triggering this and then using it to record messages being like, I'm fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a weird, why would you do that? Uh, so instead of screaming, you're don't going, please. But I, yeah, I just don't, I mean, yeah, you could do something like, part of me even wonders if the crash detection should notify the emergency contacts immediately. But that's so tough, right? Like, I mean, because yeah. the priority should be emergency services. No question, right? If even as a parent, right. that's does that first. That's somewhere, yeah, right. That should be the first thing. Anything else that, uh, beyond that is secondary. So my my question is, should it like notify the emergency contacts after either like a certain amount of time and give you the ability to opt out at that point and say like, hey, it's been like we've called emergency services, everything's fine. We're gonna contact like your secondary, you know, things at this point. Is there? Do you want to do a manual call, like offer you the ability to place a call or something, like prompt you maybe? But like, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, there are certain circumstances where contacting your emergency contact is very useful, like in cases where you're talking about like people out in hiking or something. For a car yeah. accident, I find that perhaps more it's more anxiety inducing than helpful at that right. point, right? Because you can't yeah. do anything yeah. now. You're just you're enforcing powerlessness on that person to be like, well, now I know this but I'm utterly helpless to do anything about it. So maybe there's a way, maybe it should not <laughs> prompt that information as soon as possible because there's nothing to be gained from it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could call, you as the recipient of that message could call 
emergency services and and if you can find the person say it looks like there's been an accident on right whatever. and in the case where it it hasn't contacted emergency services maybe that makes sense but if right. it's already contacted emergency services then you are adding nothing mm-hmm. at that point right. in, in this case at least you know it meant that my sister knew that well, actually, she needed to get a ride because her husband was out and this car was out. But they needed to; she needed to get a ride to the hospital, which she did. Um, but like, yeah. But even that's uh, tricky, right? I, I assume too, because you have to know where they're taking. So you have to talk to right. the people and be like, "Where are they taking you?" Et cetera. Like knowing the location of a car crash doesn't help you unless you're going to go to the car crash, which seems like a bad idea and also possibly right. just not helpful. I, I guess my real point is when this feature launched. Um, I thought it made a ton of sense. I still think it makes a ton of sense. I think it's, I think it's better than not the feature <laughs> existing, right? Um, but I didn't put in thought to how nuanced some of its implementation must be because it is pretty tricky. Like my scissors definitely would rather have gotten the text than not gotten the text. But the text was also definitely like highly, well, it was the first thing that contributed to her trauma. The second thing was seeing the photo of the upside down car, which, which to be clear, the phone did not send on its own. That was her kid <laughs> sending it to her. Um, here, here are some, here are some recently posted Instagram photos in that area. We've asked Chad GPT to put together some images based on the screaming we heard. This is a captcha. Identify which of these cars has not been in an accident. All uh, bad, by yeah. the way. But anyway, it's um, I don't know. I I'm gl- I'm glad I haven't experienced that on my own because I think it is terrifying. But I don't. I hear what you're saying, Dan, about like maybe it shouldn't text right away. I'd want to know right away, even if I can do nothing. Like you want to know. Like there's that that sense of wanting to know. Yeah, yeah I understand it. I just uh, I question it, like again, there's so much anxiety and stuff that it's going to add. That it would be great if like by the time it goes to send it, it could let you know like, hey, we're gonna send this. Do you want to like tell them you're okay or something or mark yourself as okay. So that at least it could be like, hey, I've been in an accident, but I'm okay. This is yeah. the details, and this is where I'm going or whatever. And this feature of crash detection, it's only on the latest Apple hardware right now. Is that right? It, they didn't like add I it to older phones? I thought some of the older ones had it, but now I don't remember. Because honestly, if nothing else, this experience, which I didn't even have firsthand, um, but this feature... Uh, or this this experience makes me want to make sure that my oldest has it. No, you're right. 14 and 14 Pro and Series 8, uh, second generation SE and Apple Watch Ultra. My, my, I kind of want to get my student driver a 14. Yeah, my point. phone supports it, but my watch does not. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, that was my exciting, uplifting top. You guys want to talk about how easy it is to steal everybody's Apple ID? <laughs> my car, unfortunately, does not support flipping over, so... <laughs> <laughs> well then you're not doing it right uh, honestly neither does mine <laughs> <laughs> mine only goes all like a uh, full like 360 so i always land back on the wheels oh, yeah. <laughs> that's just that's because especially when dan's with his wife uh, a cat always lands on its feet oh, I don't know. Ooh, man too soon i don't know why i said <laughs> yeah, really. i don't know why either of you said the things that you said i mean 400 plus episodes in uh <laughs> I do actually want to talk about that passcode story because I find it interesting, but I also had this moment of feeling like, is this is this news? Um, because it felt like the and I think so. This is Joanna Stern writing in the Wall Street Journal. Um, it reminded me a bit of those stories about the air tags, um, where people were using the air tags for bad shit, um, which is like totally valid, right? Like it's true that this is happening. And it's true, I think, to a certain degree that there are things, steps Apple should take to make this stuff harder. 
but also at the same time it comes down to a certain degree of people are awful this also probably isn't super widespread like and so is it being sensationalized to a degree and i think that is true here that i'm guessing because like some of the stuff that's getting highlighted are truly like worst case scenario situations with this phone thing right where it's like they stole my phone they locked me out of my apple account and then they stole a bunch of money from me by logging into my banking and so and what are the necessary steps here in order to like i've I've stolen your phone and i've peeped your passcode yeah essentially peeped or recorded like i've either like looked over your shoulder as you entered it in you know a public place or you know working with an accomplice or something somebody recorded you entering your passcode so like i i feel you it is a story to me but the story isn't like apple has done something wrong here it's this it's like the same as like if i happen to have push button locks on my house if somebody watched me put that push button lock combination in yeah. then they could get into my right. house and, and once they're well, in your there house was even, there was even some else, stuff right like that you know, when people would when people would post pictures of their house keys accidentally on Instagram, people would say, right. don't do that because people can look at your house keys and figure out the pattern. And then like, okay, and the well. difference is in theory that your phone gets you into everything. Right. And I think <laughs> yeah. that's the, that's the, that's the real story here is this issue of we use our phones for so much stuff that it doesn't even require the difficulty of say, yes, you posted a picture of your house keys, but I, now I have to go to your house and spend the time making a fake key. And it's like, okay, yeah, bury your yeah. entry, right? Me, I've been begging my friends to do this for months. Nobody wants to. <laughs> <laughs> but like at that point, it's like, well, they could break a window and get into your house, right? Like if, if someone wants mm-hmm. to get into your house, there, there's always this presumption of like, and I'm not disputing there are bad people out there, but there's a presumption of everybody is bad. Like, and that if you do this and slip up in some way, your security is compromised and somebody will take all your stuff. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's not the case in most most cases, right? Like most people I think are not looking for opportunities to steal all your shit. Um, so in this case, I, I think there's a couple things that are true here at the same time. One, I think there are some potentially troublesome imp- like implementation details like their point was you can reset somebody's apple id password by knowing their passcode which okay uh, yeah there's a convenience versus security trade-off there i don't know what the right answer is about that because what other information are you going to require that somebody can't get from having your phone <laughs> um yeah. and then the other part of it is i i thought somebody made a good point i saw somewhere online like i don't know if you guys run into this but i frequently run into something where uh my phone will prompt me for my passcode for reasons I don't like um, on the lock screen, mm-hmm. like face ID will fail. Like, and it'll just be like, Oh, you got to reenter your passcode to use face ID again. And I'll be like, I don't know why. Like, is it possible? I just, you know, hit the sleep wake button too many times in my pocket by accident. Or, you know, I was like, the f- when it happens, to well, sometimes it, does it, like, it just does it periodically. It seems like right. it does it it's, periodically. I agree. And that's, yeah. Oh, f- in my experience, I see it happen when I because you can your phone like makes a little vibration or or animation or something when it's trying to face ID and fails, right? <laughs> and so sure. I know if I have my phone off to the side and bump it, then it tries and misses my face. And when that happens a couple times in a row, that's I when swear I I've had it in cases where it's like I was just looking at something on my phone. I locked my phone and yep. then I went to unlock my phone and it's like, oh, you got to mm-hmm. enter your passcode. And I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think it is. A, it's a periodic timeout of the yeah so like, I, you know you gotta you gotta log in again it's been a while since you logged in again we gotta make sure that you're you i yes. think that needs to be rejiggered in some way because i my my concern is that that does it's a case where it's like look i've got my biometric set up this should be as safe as possible but now i do have to enter re-enter my passcode so if somebody was happened to be mm-hmm. you know looking i was in a bar or a restaurant or something and somebody was trying to spy on me like that there's an opportunity for them to get it now yeah. i use like and have since the touch id started like a 
super long alphanumeric passcode. So it's like a lot harder than if I had a six digit passcode, which is the other part of this, um, which is, I think a, it doesn't default to four digits anymore, which it used to, I think it's now six, but you can still choose to do a four digit passcode, I believe. Yeah, you can. I think it should, you should, you should get rid of four digit passcodes because Sorry, <laughs> you're going to need to remember a, two well, more digits. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I, I think there are there's a class of user for whom four digit passcodes is about as much. If they're going to they make it zero 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 zero, they're going to do that with six digits. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. Like, um, I, I have Android friends who do the swipey thing, where it's like you you see the pattern yeah. as you're unlocked. It's not any um, more or less secure, I think. Probably right. No, I, it, in some ways yeah. it feels worse to me because like it traces yeah, the pattern right. yeah. while they're doing it. Um, I don't know. Like I appreciate that. Two things because I, I use a pass phrase, I guess, not a not a code, but I have to hit the shift key a couple of times, mm-hmm. and I almost always make at least one typing yep, mistake. <laughs> Yeah. And have to backspace. I'm like, try to spy on this one, Dick. Yeah. <laughs> like it just yeah. it seems like it's a giant pain in the ass. Well, I just you... I made mine longer. I just made it much longer instead of because I was like, <laughs> I'm not sure if this is better, but it was like I was tired of hitting the shift key. <laughs> so it's just like <laughs> now I have a long one with a bunch of numbers in it too. Uh, we spied on his passcode and it said, "Fuck you, spy the guy spying on me." That was his passcode. <laughs> 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 wow. Yeah. To get into my phone, you have to type, "I'm a big dumb dumb." So if you want to type that, <laughs> I'm perfectly free. comfortable doing that, but I I can't imagine you'd be. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. There were some other good points I thought in in Joanna's article. One like, don't keep photos of your like your like passport or your license or your social security mm, card mm-hmm. in your photos and i was like this is one place where apple's technology is so good it's kind of bit itself right because somebody can just go into your photos app search for like passport <laughs> and it will find it because the photos app is good at recognizing these things but yeah. like the question then is like well is there a way it can store it could you have that information stored in some other place that was more secure i think if you put it in the hidden photo library, yeah but the problem there is you can access that results. with your passcode right so then we get back to this problem of if you have the passcode can you, yeah, put it, you can put there. it in a note you could put it I, in a note right. and put a different passcode on right the that's note. what you'd have to do but that's also yeah. a pain right so like there's the yes. this is always going to be the trade-off between convenience and security you you can't have notes open with biometric information though so you I really can, can't you? Yes. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, they, there's an option. And and also like so the other like suggestion which I think is fine is like maybe keep that stuff in a password manager. Although I laughed uproariously because the screenshot they used was LastPass. And I was like, <laughs> I feel like you may have produced this video at the wrong time. <laughs> but I do keep stuff in like one password where it's like, you know, it is yeah. protected by yeah. biometrics but also by a separate password. So it, I mean, I, you know, knock on wood, I, I am constantly amazed that there hasn't been like a, like a, I mean, I don't know if amazed is the right word. Um, I feel, I feel just like happy every day that there isn't another, uh, a hack of iCloud just in general. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, like I, certainly people who have had their own iCloud accounts hacked through social Fish, engineering yeah, type stuff, exactly. but yeah, but, um, nothing that has really compromised the back end. Yeah, and I don't know what the right answer to that is because, again, what information are you going to require somebody provide that is not accessible via their phone? Like, if you have the phone and the passcode. Yeah, well, and that's that, that's the whole issue of our phones are everything now. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the suggestions was, like, take your bank stuff out of your, you know, um, the iCloud keychain or whatever, and it's like, but 
log into my bank a lot and it's a pain. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. We, we right. had a, a rebound uh, Prime Discord user who was saying, like, yeah, I'm glad I don't use iCloud Keychain. I'm like, oh my God, all my passwords would be much worse yeah. if I didn't use exactly. iCloud Keychain. <laughs> yeah. Everything is one, 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 one. <laughs> Speaking of things that I'm excited to have on my phone, though, that I would be devastated if hackers looked at because I don't know how much money I'm saving. <laughs> uh, this episode of the rebound is brought to you by Rocket Money. Uh, the average person has around 12 paid subscriptions. Think about that. If you think you're only subscribed to you know, a handful of services, you might want to double check. With Rocket Money, you can quickly identify and cancel all of your unwanted subscriptions. Rocket Money was formerly known as Truebill, and it's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. More than 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like a streaming service you bought just to watch one show on or a free trial that you never even used. Rocket Money quickly and easily finds those, identifies them so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. You just find the subscriptions you don't want and press cancel, and Rocket Money actually does the canceling for you so you don't have to contact support or deal with the, the win back people. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. Lex, you're just reading this ad copy. This means nothing to you. Wrong, <laughs> dear listener. I've used Rocket Money since before, since they were still Truebill, actually. Um, so I used them long before they were advertising on this podcast, and I'm a big fan. They reminded me about an account I had to cancel with Stars. They lower my cable bill literally every year, and uh, they sometimes just notify me about, hey, there was a, a larger than usual, you know, spend or deposit or whatever. Like it's super helpful. Uh, so I'm a big fan, big fan of these guys, and I strongly encourage you to check them out. Uh, it's free to take a look. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash rebound. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash rebound. Rocketmoney.com slash rebound. Our thanks to Rocket Money for their support of this show and for making my cable provider a little bit less money because I hate them. The cable provider. I like Rocket. I don't like Rocket. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we got it. Um. Yeah, that... that uh... LastPass hack, I think some more information came out about that recently. There was an Ars Technica article, and yeah. apparently it was done through a, a flaw in Plex. Yeah, yeah right. They got on an engineer's home system through the, through the engineer's Plex account, and were able to get the passwords for, you know, like the, I guess the backend database passwords for LastPass. That's how they got in. Which bothers me <laughs> since i have a plex machine uh, the worst part and... was they watched their entire plex library first oh god yeah used up all their bandwidth too terrible yeah i don't know i mean last passes seems to be continually taking the, the hits and i can't say i'm sad that i never use them yeah yeah i feel very similarly <laughs> And it's that story's not over. And honestly, it's the we were just talking before the break about iCloud and social engineering hacks there. This is the way that people are going to get in, right? It's not going to be through the corporate setup. It's going to be through people's home computer yeah. setups. Like, that's how they get in. Yeah, yeah. It's why some companies, like ones I've worked at, make you use their computer. And that's the only way you can access your work stuff. It's interesting, too, because, like, all the security stuff that Apple is rolling out, I mean, very little of it would... I mean, based on the stuff we were talking about before, very little of it would affect that, right? Like, I guess if you need a hardware key maybe to reset your, like, Apple ID or something, but, like, that's not going to be mandatory at any point. And passcodes, if anything, are going to make it easier because, like, there's zero chance that you 
store. You mean pass keys? Sorry, pass keys. Yeah, pass keys are going to make it easier because there's zero chance that you are going to remember. You literally cannot remember your pass key. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's even more imperative that our phones be well protected. But I, yeah, I don't know. I I really wish that websites were a little bit better about this. Like a lot more and more are supporting pass keys, but like I have two-factor authentication set up on a bunch of places. I use Authy, and many of them I could move to having Mac OS handle <laughs> the <laughs> entering the code, but you have to like find the right setting after you've logged in using Authy yeah. or using whatever your app is and to say I want to change where my thing is and it's just like yeah. I, did, I thought about it today because Dan made me pay him money, so I had to log into Stripe, <laughs> and I was like, I'm tired of this Extortion, thing. Extortion, you know. Um, making me <laughs> yeah. go to the screen. So I, I took the time to find the setting. It's always in different, like, some sites it's under profile, and some it's under set. It's just a giant Well, thing. usually anyway, you have to turn it off sucks. and then on again, too, which is the thing, because, like, it yeah. doesn't provide you. I did find there was a tool that I used, I might have mentioned Six Colors at one point, where it can export your Authy like the the actual strings that you can then go import into something else yeah but it's definitely not designed like it's a bit of a hack to do that but mm-hmm. it just it's just there it just saves you time because like otherwise it's like all right turn it off for every single account and then turn it on and laboriously copy it to at least one if not multiple places because i have somewhere i like i have it in authy and i have it in keychain or i have it in keychain and i have mm-hmm. it in one password um but yeah there's no easy way once it's turned on and the passkey stuff it's good, but it's it's unevenly implemented because there's a lot of places that treat it as a hardware key, so you still need a password, um, and then use a a pass key on top of that, which is weird. Um, so it's yeah, it's still it's still in its infancy. Well, yep. <laughs> good answer. Well, good answer. We have now finished that topic, but that's good. Dan Dan intentionally drove the conversation to a halt so we could get to Rebound Prime listener questions, right? Dan? That's exactly what I did. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh listener Yitz. Listener Yitz took a shot at Moltz, which I think is more something that co-hosts are allowed to do versus <laughs> listeners, but I guess he paid for this privilege. But he asked it's like a dumb what tank. favorite. I'm fine with it. It's okay. What are your favorite tech-related memories of time with your parents when you were kids? For Moltz, the telegraph and railroad count as <laughs> technology. That's okay. That's covered territory, so, you know, it's fine. John Moltz here. Uh, Tech-related stuff. Wow. My dad was always trying to, like, you know, get out on the cutting edge. Like, he got us, a like, a Super 8 video camera. <laughs> mm. um, and... Uh, you know his his efforts were always like went into the store and talked to the guy <laughs> <laughs> and got the most expensive thing they had. I have no idea how to use it. <laughs> my my mom knew a tiny bit of basic programming when she taught me. Wow! And then when I quickly outpaced her, they hired me a tutor from the local Radio Shack, which was awesome and like set me on a path that has served me really my entire life. I think still of, programming basic today. Still programming basic today. So that was a good one. I also... this Still, is, I, still I, basic today. <laughs> I think this applies to uh, ESC's question, but my dad had a camera um, that was called the Talker. I actually just Googled it recently to see if I could still find its existence. And it was in. It didn't actually talk, right? They recorded some messages on it that it could play you instead of displaying a red light or something. So it would, if you push down the shutter button halfway, it'd be like, too dark, use flash or out of film or whatever and uh i remember that uh, my uncle liked it so much he bought the same camera and he came over one day and complained yeah i took a bunch of pictures outside with the family and he kept saying too dark use flash the whole time i don't know why and then he developed that roll of film and had never taken off the lens cap <laughs> yeah. so, good stuff. saw that coming that's how cameras used to work guys yeah. lens cap i need that for my iphone hmm. um i god 
my parents are not like technophobes, but they're also not like super uh, great at technology. So, I mean, we had like, I, I think one of the things I remember having growing up was like we had a VCR that came in two parts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's 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 another thing where my dad went out and talked to the guy and he got got a beta, yeah, which this, was this which wasn't was a beta. awesome. This wasn't a beta. Say. This was like a it was VHS, but it was essentially the idea was like, I think fundamentally you could use the part that had the where you put yep. the cassette in with a camcorder. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's what it was. And, and then and it came with a strap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then there was a separate part where it had like the actual like the clock and I guess like the unit that did like the like record like programming. You wanted to program yeah, like it a to tuner, sort of yeah, thing, yeah. I don't even know. Like, mm-hmm. I guess it was a tuner. That makes sense. Um, and I remember that being fairly advanced at the time. My dad also he had a, like a pretty good stereo system because he liked listening to music. He had a lot of LPs and stuff. So I feel like that was kind of a big thing growing oh, up. Yeah. Was like, like I would listen to some stuff on on the re- on the uh, record player. And I remember when he got a CD player, um, and like that was kind of a big deal at the time. Uh, we had a we had a wireless we had wireless speakers for our hi-fi system wow um, wow yeah they were like they were mono i mean it's just like a speaker but there were two of them and you could you know take them to different rooms and if you got too far away from them stereo wouldn't work very well but um <laughs> we this was when bluetooth still involved actual teeth we used to do we did this my my, my parents were out one time and my brother had a date over and they were up in his room and they had stacked up a bunch of albums on the on the record player, and they were, you know, like Led Zeppelin or whatever like that. And so my other brother and I went and switched them out, and like we put like I think it was the Jungle Book <laughs> at the bottom of the stack, so that would be the next thing <laughs> when Mowgli found. <laughs> And you could hear his door fly open and him, him thundering down the stairs. It was very funny. We had a good time. That is I, very funny. Uh, I, I also remember just a piece of technology we had that I loved, which was a Go Video dual deck VCR. Oh, no. Where yeah. you could copy the movies you rented. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we and never. it would even handle the copy protection. It would even copy the copy protection, I think, because that was the way it had to by default. So people couldn't copy my videos. <laughs> I, I remember, I have a fond memory that my dad came home one day from work and he got i think this is like the my dad is a very like like moral upstanding guy who would you know never do anything on you know like against the rules or whatever and he came home and he had gotten a copied tape for me from one of his co-workers i think of the original teenage mutant ninja turtles movie <laughs> because they're i i don't know if i had like were maybe Asked to, like I was a big fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I don't know if it was just like, well, we're never gonna buy this or something. So it was just like a taped version, and it just it was like the only ever, the only time it ever happened in my life. And I I don't know why he decided that was the thing to do, but he was like, yeah, I uh, you know I got one of the the guys at work who knows more about this stuff to like tape you a copy of this for you. Just fell off the back of a truck. Yep, right off the back of a truck at the library. Literally. <laughs> Back when that was, you know, that was an actual thing that happened. All, the, it was all those truck heists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Driving through Vancouver. Listener Mahir poses this question. What's the longest podcast episode you've been on from start to finish? We had a debate about this in the Discord a little bit. I think I concluded for me, it's probably some episode of Total Party Kill because we used to record like four-hour sessions. And we would take breaks in between. But like, we would try to get like four-hour sessions that would then get chopped up into like one-hour episodes. 
Um, so I think I don't think I've ever been on anything longer than that. But those were pretty long. I think for me, it's got to be whatever the longest episode is of not playing with Lex. And also, Dan. are pretty <laughs> long. We did some long. There must be a couple three plus hour episodes because we watched some long movies. Right, the the full length episodes include a commentary track where we watch along with the movie. So it's whatever the longest movie is that we watched. <laughs> That's the honestly one. couldn't tell you. I have somebody. Somebody can compile the statistics on that. That's probably longer. Uh, I, I mean, mine's got to be the talk show. But uh, yeah. I I ours tend to be. You know, when I'm on, <laughs> he has me on as a last resort. So um, usually the conversations are shorter <laughs> than <laughs> than um, you know when he talks to some other people. <laughs> I no, it's um I did once help this is not at all the question, but I did once help with um when Comedy Bang Bang had its tenth anniversary, they wanted to release a ten hour episode. This was before I worked at Art Nineteen, and it turned out that that was longer than Art Nineteen, where we host this podcast, could handle. So it had to be broken into two five hour chunks. Wow. <laughs> I uh, remember that. It was a ten hour episode. It sounded like one straight shot, even though it, like guests were coming and going the whole time. Although it was obviously recorded in chunks. If you listen to um, all four hundred and thirty, how many episodes have we done on this show? Four hundred thirty three as of this show. It's actually all recorded in one session. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We're always yes, we're uh, always on the line with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Listener Brian Moon wants to know what's the most questions you've gotten to answer in a single episode. There have been some with probably 15 or so questions, I think. Again, somebody oh, would wait. need to compile those statistics because I'm not doing it. Uh, yeah, When people start the Rebound Wiki, I, I, I was contemplating this week, I think, if somebody ever made a Your Daily Lex Wiki, which I strongly advise against. That would be a nightmarish task. But I want to know all the topics I've covered, and I want to know the longest the theme song has ever come into an episode. It's a five-minute show, and I know that this week I had the theme song start after one minute in. To the cold open. So anyway, I was. I like the idea of the expanding universe, though, where it's like, well, now because (laughs) we've started the wiki about your daily Lex, it expands because it has to include links into the rebound, uh, and then eventually it expands to take over the entire world. (laughs) Um, Skylar Blue says, "Nope." Has anyone really been far even as decided to use even go want to do look more? I don't know what this question means, and I know there's a video, (laughs) and I'm not watching it, so I'm saying, "Fuck this question." <laughs> oh wow! Okay. <laughs> yeah, it had to do with um, uh, using auto like whatever the auto word thingy is on the phone. I think. No, I don't think it did. It was some weird oh. ass like YouTube video related to. I don't even know. Are you gonna make me click on this? I don't want to click <laughs> nope, on this. Don't. don't. You can ask then, questions, but don't expect us to do anything. I'm not doing homework for this. <laughs> right. Exactly. Listener Mishir then says, what did we just listen to? That question from Blue Sky felt like an ad for Mediocracy. I'm going to say it was an ad for Mediocracy. Mm-hmm. And then Skylar Blue added, Mahir is just Ringo Starr in disguise. End okay, of line. Not a question. Skylar, that's not a question. Not a question. We, we have, that is the one. We have very few rules on this show. In fact, that's the only rule. not even a rule because we, uh, we, uh, we read it aloud on the show. I think, I think because, you know, if it was really a rule, we wouldn't read it. Because of their non-question. We have to have another ad. That's just the way it goes. But the good news is, when we do this second ad today, it's from a, a very long-standing Rebound uh, sponsor who we love and are very proud of and who we once wrote their own uh, slogan. So this episode of The Rebound is, of course, brought to you by our dear, dear friends at Indochino. Making plans for the upcoming year with a partner can be extra special. Maybe you'll be supporting each other's new hobbies, making lifestyle changes together, or taking the big step into marriage. Uh, Dan, you're making some big lifestyle changes, aren't you? <laughs> Am I? Toss it to Dan. This is news to me. 
Well, Dan, Dan's entered the world of fatherhood, and that's everything is new every day, right, Dan? Yes. <laughs> that's, it's, so, it's a lot. <laughs> if you rang in the new year with someone special and 2023 will be a new chapter in your relationship, Indochino is ready to help you look your best on your big day. With their huge variety of customizable details and fabrics, Indochino can help you create anything. From made-to-measure blazers and suits to a custom portrait-worthy tuxedo and portrait-mode-worthy, all with no tailor necessary. I think I made that same joke last time I read that. Anyway, uh, I have two Indochino suits. You listeners will be surprised to learn. Dan has one. Moltz, you also have Indochino clothing, and we never got to hear how it looked. The, the, fantastic, let me just say. I was so excited when it came, and I, you know, yeah, as you I get? do, I rushed upstairs and tried them on, and they they fit wonderfully. So, um, and, and, and was, I won't tell you which body parts they make look chaps. like. They're absolutely amazing but um <laughs> it was slacks though right it was some kind yes, of pants yes can i just throw pants. this in here as long as we're talking about this i have a wedding to go to in may that is a black tie wedding so i had debated getting a tux but i think what's more important is can they do a made-to-measure suit for my son <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> i like that idea stretch goal uh, Dan did the showroom experience. Moltz and I did this all online. And when you're wearing stuff that's made to measure your body, to Moltz's point, your ass looks good and all you feel good, too. <laughs> that's the one. That was the one. <laughs> Indochino gives you everything you need to create a custom suit that's right for you. Shop online by setting up your measurement profile and choosing the fabric and customizations you want. If you prefer an in-person experience, book an appointment at Indochino showroom and work with an expert style guide to take your measurements and walk you through your customization options. Then just sit back while your suit is made for you and delivered straight to your door. Indochino is a tailored experience at a great price design a look that suits you perfectly i see what they do there from the fabric to the cut suits start at just 4.99 and premium fitted shirts start at just 89 dollars. you can fine-tune every detail lapels linings monograms and more if you're ringing in 2023 with wedding bells ahead start planning your custom look with indochino go to indochino.com and use promo code rebound to get 10 percent off any purchase of 3.99 or more that's i-n-d-o-c-h-i-n-o.com promo code rebound our thanks to indochino for their support of this show and for me for getting through it and holding my cough until now <laughs> <laughs> if you if you play it back you'll hear when this cough starts to come and how hard i'm fighting to not let that cough out until i did debate and maybe this Good is a, bon- a bonus episode question whether it's like oh, do i do i rent a tux do i get a tux i have i actually own two tuxedos but i think neither of them fit me anymore they were hand-me-downs yeah and i'm like oh, i just can't i'm i'm a i'm out of shape and b i'm older and i was like I, I also like there's that terrible nature of like when you get something, especially in the case of like Indochino, where it's like you're getting a custom suit and it's like I'm out of shape and I feel like I should could get <laughs> oh, in better yeah. shape mm-hmm. and I don't want to yep. get a, a suit cut to my now bad shape that I don't I'm not happy with. <laughs> my slovenliness. Yeah. And then I like but then you're like, Oh, I can't am I really gonna work out and get I don't know. I'm here to tell you it doesn't work. I work out every day. I don't fit that stuff. I don't fit in. It's true. It's working out isn't really going to, I mean, it, it, you know, working oh, out is good, but so it's what you're not going to make you lose I'm hearing a lot I should of give up. Particularly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you should work uh, out, but you should also give up. Also, I would say in 2023, black tie also allows you to wear a suit. I'm just saying. Does there's it? going to okay. be suit wear. You don't want to be that guy necessarily, but there's going to be suit I, I may there. have to be, I don't, I'm not in the wedding party, but I may have to do a reading or something. So I want to. I want to like stand out in a bad way. Also, it's in oh, Texas, so I can't wear my dark suit, which is a heavy suit. Oh God! See, the trick to me is if it's in Texas, go to a chain like a Joseph A. Bank I may have to go to a men's, and, a men's warehouse. Is I guess my thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I'm saying if you're gonna rent, yeah, 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 me- get measured right, locally, and then they send the measurements from one to the other Texas? one. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what I was thinking because I was like, I don't want to carry a suit with me, exactly. and then get there and discover it doesn't fit or something. Right, like. 
Oh, I put on two pounds last week, and now this suit is uncomfortable. Does a tuxedo mean something else in Texas? No, that's a tuxedo, <laughs> which is a taco restaurant. No, I don't know what that is. Uh, listeners, just so you know, while we were doing that previous ad, Moltz did learn that our our dear friends at Softlayer are no longer called Softlayer. They're called yeah. IBM Cloud, which is not nearly as musical. Very sad. So. Very sad news. I don't like it. Do you want to try it one time, Moltz? What With the IBM new the, what you think mm-hmm. the new one should be? Yeah. No. Yeah. Let's not, let's <laughs> okay. not sully it. Let's not sully it. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on that. <laughs> well, speaking of um, uh, server technology getting, <laughs> I don't. I know around. where Alex is going with this. Dan and I both uh, have servers with Linode. Yeah. Not anymore. Except, you. Don't. I guess we don't. We have them with Akamai. <laughs> Do you say Linode? Okay. Do you say Linode? I say Linode. Do you say? I would say yeah. Linode as I know, well. I, I, but, I, but I don't. I I'm not a customer. He's also a client. I say Akamai. And, and are you guys going to be customers? Well, they're not well, changing my I, plan because I'm on the lowest plan and they've decided not to up that okay. one. So I'm okay, okay for that. Yeah, but I they're raising some plans there. by like 20%. Yeah. Yeah. I just moved there, you know, in the past month or so. And starting in April, I'll go from paying them about 20 something dollars a month to 25, I think, to 30 a month. Wow. Uh, which is very annoying. 25? Yeah. That sucks. Lex, I pay them like seven bucks a month. I know. I wanted. I wanted some. Well, I, I'm sure my costs were higher my first month because I had a lot of data transfer, so I was moving everything over. You um, downgrade. I think most of the time it'll be about 15. I might, but I'm very happy with how things are right now. Yeah. So I don't know. I like. It's, I like my the, Linode setup. I'm probably not going anywhere. Even if they raise the price on my plan eventually or upgrade, I would probably stick with them because my experience with them has been really good. Unless Akamai just totally fucks over the customer support. What I'm yeah. thinking of doing is since I have a, a higher powered server than Dan is I'm going to get Dan to start paying me the five to seven bucks a month and I'll mm. move his stuff to my server. Trickle down. That's, that's, the you're, you're literally becoming a digital landlord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, you can, I you don't can pay, you this. can do whatever you want. <laughs> I write it off though right now. Can I write it off if I still pay you? Let me think about it. Yes. Yes. I, I write it off. Yeah. All right. Well, we, oh, we'll yeah, talk. <laughs> this is when you move into Lex hosting or something. <laughs> Uh, so you, you oh, I don't know if this is, this is technology, I guess, anyways, but like, do you, you like, I, the, the thing I like about Linode, even though it is also the thing that is like the most off-putting for a lot of people, is that it's literally managing an entire server. Um, like, it's not like when I used to be at like DreamHost or whatever, it's like, okay, I've got an account on the server and like I can do a bunch of stuff through the control panel. It's like, no, I am running an Ubuntu box that is like on this server and i am if wait, I, wait yeah. you say ubuntu yeah really, i know is that not how you say it i don't know how you say it <laughs> now i don't even know how to say it anymore you take it how, how, how do we words you 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 would do how do you say it no. <laughs> i say ubuntu ubuntu yeah i say what Mold said but i feel like i can't say, can't it, say it right? ubuntu <laughs> i don't even know what i said it's, ubuntu? it's not a bunt you said you said Ubuntu. You had a bunt. Like you had a yeah, baseball a play in the middle of the it's, word. It's, it's, but it's I, you I say bunt you. Bunt. <laughs> anyway. Ubuntu. Ubuntu. <laughs> I can't say it. I'm, it's done. I've it's derailed gone. the show. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, I ha- and I have gotten myself into situations where I tried to change something and broke everything and had to, like, I, I think I was lucky I had, like, a backup I could go back to. Uh, but, like, I. I don't know. It's I find that fun sometimes because it does feel like living on the edge where it's like, all right, I'm going to like install this package of software. Could this destroy everything I've worked for? Yes. Let's do it. 
It's like a sport. It's like a weird extreme yeah, sport. I don't think I can, I don't think I don't think I'm ready for that. <laughs> I'm still in dream host. I think I'm fine. I don't know why I, I like I, it, but I enjoy it. I, I agree with you because I, I was running both um a Mac Stadium account and a Dream Host account for dumb reasons. And when I was doing the Mac Stadium thing, like I had to run that server the same way too. It just happened to be a Mac Mini that was the server. <laughs> in fact, I think that Mac Mini is going to arrive at my house today. When they when I canceled that Mac Stadium account, they're like, we're going to send you the Mac Mini. And I'm like, you guys gave me that Mac Mini initially, but you were a different company then. That was when they were still Mac Mini Colo. And when the guy who ran it, Brian, was like just giving people he liked in the Apple industry Mac Minis there. <laughs> so that, um, I really was very close to texting you guys and saying, hey, does either of you want to pay the $25 FedEx fee and have this Mac Mini shipped to you instead? But then I couldn't figure out what model Mac Mini it was. I was about to I say, like, have they upgraded the Mac Mini over the years? Oh, no. No, it is an old as hell Mac yeah, Mini. Yeah, no one, no one needs um, that. You know I'd still want it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you knew it's, that. It's, gonna, it's, it's arriving here today. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I basically, I, what I like about Linode, Linode, Lin, what I like about <laughs> where we are, what I like about <laughs> Linode, Linode, is, that, uh, is that you get to have all those controls. Because like, yeah. I feel like a dream host You've you've got a cap, right? And you and run like, into I, things I run you a can't decent do. Number of websites, yeah. and like now I can just whatever I want to do, I can do. And as soon as I fuck it up, I call Greg Noss. Dan, <laughs> Dan, I run into things I can't do all day long. <laughs> well, you got to break through those barriers, John. <laughs> Since when? <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> don't don't start now. I won't. <laughs> Watch me. 